Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Jasmine Guillory is becoming one of the romance writers of our generation. Her books constantly end up on year-end lists and get name-checked by the big book movers and shakers. You know, The Today Show, Oprah, Reese Witherspoon. And like a lot of romance novelists, she'll drape big themes like race and class and gender beneath, you know, flirty banter and sex. But I think what makes her different is the way she keys into the real stuff of a relationship, what makes them work or not work. She talked to former NPR host Lulu Garcia-Navarro back in 2020 about her book Party of Two. It's about an interracial couple, a black woman and a white man, and race does become a sticking point for the two. It has to be because, as Guillory says, you can't write a book about two people falling in love without talking about their core identity. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Olivia Monroe has just moved to Los Angeles to open her own law firm. Max Powell is a U.S. senator who spends weeks in D.C. After a meet-cute at a hotel bar, they begin a casual weekends-only long-distance fling. Or is it more? Party of Two is the latest romance novel by Jasmine Guillory, who joins me now. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am very well. Um, I gotta say, this is a romance story with a lot of pretty timely themes. Olivia is black, Max is white. How does race play out in their relationship? You know, race plays out in their relationship in the different ways they view the world and the different ways the world has impacted them. Um, Max has a very kind of happy-go-lucky attitude uh, towards life, um, which is easy for him because he grew up wealthy. He's a white man. He's sort of had everything he's touched turned to gold in many ways. Um, And while he recognizes very well a lot of the struggles that other people go through, those have never been his struggles. Whereas Olivia has fought for everything that she's ever gotten. And so they just have very different attitudes towards how to get through the world. Max is well-meaning, but he has some blind spots. For example, he doesn't understand what it means for Olivia that she was arrested as a teenager. In an academic way, he gets it. He used to be a prosecutor, um, and he kind of had a a big change of perspective when he was a prosecutor and recognized what happened to kids who were arrested. He tried to reform within the office. He is now a senator and is trying to reform that way. But it's nothing that he's ever had to go through. And so he doesn't understand viscerally what she went through. You have interracial couples in your other books as well, not just Party of Two. Why is it important to sort of touch on these conversations in your fiction? It's very difficult for me, and I know for other people, to write a book about people falling in love and getting to know one another without talking about something that is core to their identity. I've never had a relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a good friendship, where we didn't talk about race. My close friends and I talk about race all the time, you know, especially right now in all of the conversations we're having about race. I mean, 
I've had a number of conversations about race with my white friends in the past few weeks that have not felt stressful or fraught because I've talked to them about that before. You know, I don't think that you can have a real relationship with a person without having those conversations and knowing where you stand. And I feel like my characters feel a lot the same way. And so I wanted them to have those conversations, not in a big deal way every time, but just so that they keep referring to it and know that they're on the same page for everything. Okay. Uh, On a less serious note, I want to ask about the third main character in this book, which is dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Max woos Olivia initially with a cake delivery. There's a ton of food in all your books. Um, And it didn't really occur to me until after I'd read this book that you don't often get a lot of eating in romance novels. Uh, But I feel like Max and Olivia eat almost as much as they have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe more. (laughs) I think like a lot of times when I'm reading books, I kind of wonder like, d- did they stop for lunch? Like, <laughs> you know, like I do. They I mean, yeah. partly that's just logistically. You know, when I'm watching movies and they have this long action sequence, I think they they must be real tired and hungry after that. Like maybe <laughs> they need a snack, and, and so there's definitely a lot of snacking in this book. I want to end by asking you about this moment in our country, Um, because as you've mentioned, we're in the midst of these conversations about race and justice. And there has been a lot of attention recently on the publishing industry and how much it it pays Black authors. And earlier this year, there was a huge scandal in the Romance Writers Association after one author, Courtney uh, Milan, called out racism in another author's book. Um, You had already left the RWA some time ago because of racism. How do you deal with these issues within your industry at the same time that the whole country is reckoning with them on this huge scale? These are issues that I have been dealing with and reckoning with in every industry I've worked in. You know, when I was a lawyer, I distinctly remember there was a survey that said 100% of Black women lawyers leave their first law firm. And then I thought about all of the Black women lawyers I knew who I had known at the firm who were all gone. And I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. The legal industry is very racist. The publishing industry is very racist. Like, name an industry and you'll say that. And that's what systemic racism means. And so all, you know, what I try to do is lift up other Black writers, give them advice, because I think a lot of publishing is kind of a whisper network. If you don't get those whispers, then you don't know who to avoid or what's happening or what you should ask for. And so that's what I try to do. I, I Sometimes it feels like that isn't enough, um, but the whole industry is above me. And so I'm just trying to, you know, fight as hard as I can. Does this moment feel different to you? You know, it does really feel different. It has heartened me to see places like um, publishing houses making commitments to saying that they're going to, you know, do an audit of their staff um, and the books that they put out. So that's the first start. And then what are they going to do? What's the recruitment going to be? What's the retention going to be? The thing I said about 100% of Black women lawyers leave their first law firm, it wasn't that they couldn't get jobs. It was because... They left Mm. because the atmosphere there was too 
hard and difficult and they didn't get mentors and they didn't get sponsors. Um, and that's what people need who work in publishing is they need people to, to have their backs. Like they need to not be the only black person in a room when they're trying to fight for a book by another black person. You know, I'll be checking back in in a few months and then a few years and see if there's been progress. Jasmine Guillory, her new book is Party of Two. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Dana-Farber scientists laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, new drugs that are increasing the survival rate for many advanced breast cancers. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.